Welcome to the Cozy Cozy Podcast. We're here to create comfort along the entrepreneurial journey and really the life journey. Join us for inspiring, dynamic conversations that make the arduous process of venturing out into the unknown feel more doable because we believe in making the impossible possible. We hope you'll join us as we play in the infinite. So pull up a seat, grab a blanket, let's get cozy. Welcome back to the Cozy Cozy Podcast. It is officially the day after my birthday and we have an episode out. I am feeling called to do some sort of a reflective episode this year, but as far as reflections go, I decided to put pen to paper, which is interesting for me. For many of you who don't know, I am the host, Garrett Wood Kuzmeyers, and I started this podcast in the same year that I published a 368-page book called Dare to Move. I was so over writing because prior to writing the you know 300-plus page book, I was blogging three times a week when I started my online business. Before Instagram was the way it is now and before TikTok even existed back in the day, I'm going to age myself, so 10 years ago, if you wrote blogs and you posted them to Facebook, they would get shared and then you would get clients and that was kind of my process. But I got so sick of writing that I decided to start a podcast in 2018 and for the last several years, I've done some some level of like reflection work at, in a solo cast for my birthday and this year... I, for the first time, felt called to write. So it's not done yet, but uh, I am going to share that on a Substack very soon. If you follow me on Instagram at Garrett and Wood, I um, will be sharing that link there um, in the short term. But welcome to the Cozy Cozy Podcast, formerly known as Dare to Move, especially if you are a new listener. We have taken so many twists and turns throughout the last five years, officially has been five years of podcasting. We will be dropping a season six in the new year. I decided to, um, you know, focus on birth and business because of this new venture, Cozy Cozy. We have one product out on the market. We're super excited about it. More products coming. And I wanted the name Cozy Cozy to be out there for brand awareness. And I do think it's been super helpful for us. And we've had amazing guests on in the birth space. And also mompreneurs. And at the same time, I've still done some solo casts this year to support some of the clients I still see one-on-one. If you didn't know, I have done mindset and business coaching um, and semi, like, I guess you could call it like life coaching over the years. And some of my best, most performing, highest performing podcasts have been those on a lot of mindset work uh, topics. And so I, in kind of, I guess, tandem with that, I have interviewed other spiritual coaches over the years, including a psychic, Anna Shookum. And I did say in the episode that we had the interview that we have today, that this is the second ever psychic that I've ever interviewed. However, I do believe that technically speaking, we have seen a couple other intuitives like Fran Gallagher and, oh my gosh, I'm spacing her name off the top of my head. How I can like see her face. Um, I'll have to just link it in the show notes. But we have seen other intuitives on this podcast. So this is not our only um, 
intuitive. However, I think as far as being a psychic goes, she is the third psychic that has ever been on the podcast. And today's conversation with Karen Doherty is amazing because I ask a lot of questions about grief and a lot of how the psychic realms pertain to motherhood. And if you're like, Kara, where are you going with this? One of the angles that I took is what if you miscarry? One in four women or one in four pregnancies end in miscarriage, especially in the first 12 weeks. I think that's the true stat. One in four end in miscarriage in the first 12 weeks, which is why so many women wait until 12 weeks to um, announce it to people because they just are, um, you know, in, in a bit of fear, anxiety, worry, those types of things. Um, there is also stillbirth. And someone on our team who has been on this podcast, Courtney Welch, has um, is a dear friend of mine, has experienced stillbirth. And so many other women um, that I follow on Instagram who have been so courageous to share about their journeys, I think sheds light on just what a challenging topic it is and experience it is. And today we really go into how and why children can are more seem to be more connected to the spirit world. We talk about loss, we talk about grief, we talk about our own mother's intuition and I'm just very excited about bringing this wisdom to you guys. Uh, Karen's wisdom that is she is based in Scotland and she is truly a wealth of knowledge and so I want to read to you guys just a little bit about her. Um, she is um She does host a psychic medium mentorship because she wants to help other psychics. She is um, self-titled, you know, as psychic medium and mentor. Her mission is to use her ability to bring comfort, understanding, and healing. She deals a lot with grief and unanswered questions, and she is blessed to have the ability to connect with and communicate the word of spirit and teach others to do the same. She said that when you hear what they have to say, you begin to live a life free of worry. She does one-on-one consultations, and I am definitely going to do one with her in 2024. I'm very excited about that. Um, and she is, like I said, um, helping others develop their own psychic power. What I love is that she is a mom. She shares a very, very vulnerable part of her own perinatal journey with us. And um, for those who are not familiar with the term perinatal, we use it a lot as a perinatal products company, so I figured I should define it. Perinatal just refers to the time from when you are trying to conceive through pregnancy, through postpartum. So it's really that journey of motherhood and um, getting pregnant, being pregnant, being postpartum and having a newborn and really bringing life here uh, to planet Earth. So that is the perinatal uh, journey and she shares um, some uh, pretty profound memories from her own perinatal journey and it's just very, very wise today. It was probably one of the fastest interviews I have done or what felt like the fastest. I'm like, how did we go through an hour so quickly? Um, so she's amazing. I'm so excited for you guys to hear from Karen today. Her website is linked in the show notes so that you guys can tune in there. Before we dive into the episode, I'm just going to give a quick little update. Like I said, it is uh, it was my birthday yesterday from when this podcast drops. I had a great time. This uh, year, I'm I'm becoming that person that is celebrating their birthday all month. Um, To kick off December, I went to Vermont with um, Jeff and I's friends, and uh, we had a little weekend getaway. Um, This weekend, I just had a mellow day. We made cake. We exercised. 
went out to dinner and the next weekend I'm doing a tea time in Boston so very excited about that and I'm like whoa I am that person now that is celebrating all uh all month but I do think that it is maybe a foreboding of what my 33rd year has in store I'm so excited about it because this is the first year that I have virtually nothing on my agenda I have one trip at the end of January I have one trip over Labor Day and I would like to take a trip for Jeff's birthday but this is I think what my soul needs I think this is what my family needs and if we are to hopefully conceive this year we really need to take a breather from traveling and moving around. So very excited to be personally slowing down and having an, an opening for magic and mystery to come through. Um, as far as Cozy Cozy goes, we are uh, offering a 20% discount to all of the podcast listeners. It is in the show notes. Holiday 20 will get you 20% off our elevated nipple and lip balm that has the cooling ceramic applicator and it has a tube made of PLA plastic, which means it's made of cornstarch, takes less energy to make, breaks down better in the environment. And really, it's just great if your nipples are in pain. If you are pregnant, if you are thinking about being pregnant, you're about to deliver your especially if you're a first-time mom your nipples will not feel great Um, I only know one person in my entire life who didn't have rock cracked bleeding nipples it's just something that I thought moms were being dramatic when I was pregnant I'm like yeah that's not gonna happen to me next thing you know I'm literally bleeding and in so much pain and our nip gloss opens with one hand it glides on easily it's mess free you're not getting gunk stuck under your fingernails so very happy to bring that to the world and just make it easier for moms everywhere we uh, our exciting news is that we will be featured now or I should say found in a retail store uh, called Echo Market located in Woodstock, Vermont. And we're very excited about this. Uh, We have that, um, it was just one of those fun things where I was in Vermont and I was like, I love the store. This would be perfect for us. Told them a little bit about Cozy Cozy. And so now it is officially our first um, retail store. We are featured currently at Pilates RX in Boston, uh, but they're, and you know, they're amazing. Love the founder, Allie Duffy, and love Pilates RX so much. I did some pelvic floor therapy there, um, but I, I just, they're not a technical retail store. They're technically a physical therapy company, um, but they have a really cute retail section. So we are at Pilates RX in Boston and now in Woodstock, Vermont, which means that Cozy Cozy is officially in two different states. So we're very, very proud and excited and appreciate all of the love and support following us on social media at Cozy Cozy Mama and me personally if you want to find other company updates all of those links are in the show notes so thank you all so much for tuning in for the support as always I'm grateful to be podcasting into my 33rd year did not know that that would be the truth when I turned 28 and launched this podcast on my 28th birthday so pretty cool stuff thank you all so much for the support and I hope you love today's interview with Karen so without further ado I introduce Karen Doherty. Karen, welcome to the show. Nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me. I'm so glad we were connected and able to finally do it after all these months. Uh, You are officially the second psychic that we have ever had on the podcast. And 
selfishly, I'm excited because I have a lot of personal questions. Um, but mm-hmm. at the same time, there's a lot of um, subjects that I think come up that involves intuition and psychic mediumship um, in motherhood that people don't really talk about. So we're going to get into that today. But before we do, the question that I'm asking and the only question I'm asking every single guest this year is, who are you before maybe labels or titles or what someone could Google about you? Well, that you know, it's funny when someone asks you that, it's such a hard question, isn't it? Because I think we get into a way of having that label or do having that purpose and that kind of seems to define us sometimes. But really, it's quite simple for me. You know, I'm I'm very down to earth. I'm just someone that discovered, you know, her own abilities th- through childhood into teenage years and into young adulthood. Um, but really aside of the mediumship side, which is probably more the label that I've got now more than anything else. Um, before that, it was just about being intuitive, being natural with people, being a good listener, bringing good words of wisdom to people and just being a good all-round person and I think that that's the most simplistic thing to say about someone but I think it's the most meaningful thing to say about someone. Mm, What a lovely answer thank you for that and I could see how that um, really does connect to what you do um, with your work and service to the world. I'm curious when you first started, started discovering your gifts were you in a family and or community that supported conversations around this or was it something you felt like you had to hide? Well, my grandmother, which was my dad's mum, I was very close to her and um, there was lots of us, you know, there was lots of cousins and I have two sisters. And so the house was a busy household, but um, really I was the only one out of all the children that seemed to see these people and see things and say things. And my grandmother always supported it. She always kind of knew with me that this was something and she would say things like, oh, the, you know, the living won't harm you, don't, sorry, the dead won't harm you, don't worry about it. And she would just kind of make it very normal for me to be able to ask her things. And then I discovered later, you know, into my late teenage years that she was also mediumistic. And that is why she could see what I could see. And her sister then, I found out, was also a medium, a working medium, out doing the work. So it is within the family, but apart from her, there was no one else that talked about it. So my mum would kind of say, oh, you know, that's a strange thing to say. Or she, my mum always used to say, uh, I don't know where we got you from, Karen. You're so different to your sisters. That was her way of mm-hmm. kind of acknowledging that something was going on. But it wasn't an unsupportive place either. Although we didn't talk about it all the time, it wasn't like people would shut it down. It was just that they didn't understand it. I totally could see that. I I think it's hard to make sense of a lot of things. Um, the other day, we live in, um, in New England and there's a lot of old houses and old farms near us. And the other day, I was kind of staring off into space, like not in a high beta brave wave state, um, walking on the stroller, walking outside in nature. And I saw this little boy run around the side of the barn, but he looked like he was wearing like just a shirt, no pants. And it was kind of cold out and he had jet black hair. And there's little, it's like three generations live in this one house and, but nobody in the family has dark hair. And so my first thought was, oh, I wonder if that's like a cousin and wonder who's out over there. And I was expecting to come around the barn and see like people in the front yard. 
And I come around the corner and there was nobody home. Lights were off, no cars parked outside. They don't have any garages. No one was home. And I was like, oh, did I just see, did I just see a spirit? But it was like, I was in that kind of slower brainwave state where I was like, maybe I was picking up on it. So I do want to ask you a little Mm -hmm. bit about how and why, especially kids can see things that maybe adults can't. And what I had heard was that they're not able to access the beta brainwave state or something about the way that their brains are, that the wavelength they're on or the level of consciousness they're on can see other other planes, but I might not be explaining that right. And the reason I kind of want to ask is, is because it sounds like um, you started seeing things very early. Obviously, it does run in your family, but um, my, uh, kind of to finish the question, my little boy, when he could still, he could barely talk, we were throwing stones at a pond. And I remembered throwing them with my grandpa who we called Papa. And we started walking away from the pond and he said, Papa, Papa. And he started pointing to nothing saying Mm -hmm. Papa. And so I kind of want to understand a little bit more if that is a thing about how kids can see spirits. Yeah, sure. I mean, scientifically, I don't know. (laughs) Scientifically, you know, it's funny because there is a lot of like the scientific side of things that have been studied and actually go hand in hand with psychic studies. So I do know that the data is there and there are many different ways of, of kind of interpreting that. Personally, from my perspective, just, you know, as the medium, I'm not sure how the brainwaves work and such like, but I will tell you that I do know that we come from the spirit side of life. So that is where we begin. That is our home. So when we come here into the human existence, the soul comes and we're born into the human baby, the human being, and then we live our life here. And then when it's time for the body to die, we return home to spirit. So because we come from there and with children, you know, they're not kind of, their environment doesn't always dictate to them. As we go through life, we are kind of preconditioned, things we see, things we hear, we are kind of influenced by a lot of things. So our psychic link to our spirit diminishes but as a child it doesn't do that because children are very innocent and they just take everything as they see it so usually children under the age of maybe five maybe school age can see spirit really clearly and they will look at spirit just as they would look at you or I you know in this world there's no difference to them when they then go to school and they are taught to develop the five senses their sixth sense which is the the part psychically that they connect with gets forgotten a little bit because the other senses are more developed so as the child grows usually then they forget that or they don't have that connection but under that age certainly children do see spirit very clearly and it's the same with animals animals see spirit really clearly too it's just that as we grow and develop our five senses the sixth sense kind of gets put on the back burner wow and it's it's interesting to me um when certain spirits have shown up or not, I don't feel like I have that level of attunement. Um, I would consider myself intuitive. I can pick up things on other people, but from a spirit side, I've only had a couple instances of picking up on things. Um, But I was curious because when my son arrived and he so early picked up on my papa, who was like a father to me, 
I kept wondering, why is he not seeing my other grandpa? Why is he not present for us? And I had been asking myself that because I really had kind of wished for my other grandpa's guidance on a couple things. And then about two weeks ago, my son came in from playing outside. He was, I could see him out the window. He's two and a half. And he was like, Tom, Mr. Tom, Grandpa Tom was outside playing with me. And I was like, oh, he's back. But then I'm like, now I want to connect with him. And so I guess my second question is just, are there certain spirits that come back or hang out around us? Or is it is, is everyone always available to us? Like when you, when you watch shows about mediumship, they'll say, well, I'm picking up on your great grandfather, your dad, but it's not always kind of everyone. So are there certain spirits that are just more connected to each person? I would say that most of your loved ones, the ones you've connected with or the ones that you wish to be there will be there at a moment's thought. So the minute you think of them, they do come close, but it's not always easy for them to connect. So even a medium working with you or your family might pick up on some, but not someone else. I've always, you know, to say to clients, you know, I can't guarantee anything. I will just open up and see who comes in. And then if there is someone else you wish to connect with that I haven't spoke to, please ask. And usually when I ask, you know, if someone says to me, you know, if it was yourself and you said, I would really like to connect with Tom. Usually even by that question, I can then feel Tom stepping forward. So it's Mm -hmm. not that they're not available. It just could be that they've not quite made that connection or the person or the medium isn't feeling that connection right at that point. But in my experience, the minute you think of your loved ones or speak to them in your own mind or your own heart, they step in and they are close to you. Wow. So what about the dream space? Because... I know that um, there I've had some very clear dreams from um, with loved ones that have crossed over. Um, And then this kind of pertains to our audience with motherhood. But um, I had the into the night before, I guess this isn't a dream, but the night before I, I took a pregnancy test, I, I started smelling newborn smell, like that newborn baby smell that they all have. And I was like, maybe I need to take a pregnancy test. And then I was pregnant. And then um, the last two, three months ago, I had a chemical pregnancy. And a couple days before I got this, um, what ended up being like an early positive and then not sticking was I saw this second baby. And the only way to describe it was I, the, the soul felt different. Like it didn't feel like the soul of my son. It felt like a different soul, but this adorable baby, I couldn't really tell gender or anything. So how, is it a different level of connection? Is that real? Or how would you describe like our connections with loved ones in the dream space? Well, the dream space sometimes is um, there because, well, let me break it down. So when we go to bed and go to sleep, our body rests, our um brain kind of goes into that rest state and the brain updates so it's almost like a computer where all the files are getting sorted out and all the rest of it now that's whilst we sleep the body restores itself but the soul doesn't need to sleep the soul is always free so every night when we go to bed and go to sleep our soul goes home to the spirit side of life and we are with our spirit loved ones and we are back home now we don't always remember that sometimes we'll have weird dreams mixed up dreams you know and it's prevalent to maybe what's going on in your life 
grief at that time. But other times we will have these dreams, which I call visits, which are that we are with someone that has crossed over. And in that moment, we know that they are crossed over, but we still know that they are very real to us. And that's when we are more aware that we are in the spirit side of life. So in that space, then anything like that can happen. Your soul is going to feel so much more connected and be given messages or pick things up about yourself or a baby or your loved ones. It all can happen so much more intensely within that dream space, within that sleep state. And like I said, some people remember it very vividly and other people just do not acknowledge it at all. It it just depends. Mm. And what about um, this subject um, or topic of like spirit babies, because we can talk about people who have crossed over, but I believe in soul contracts. I believe that our children choose us. Um, Can you or have you connected with somebody's like unborn child before? So do you mean unborn child um, before they come here or do you mean a child that couldn't stay here? Uh, Before they come here. Before they come here. Yeah, so no, I haven't connected with someone before they've come here. Um, I agree with you, you know, that we choose our parents and, you know, the soul before it comes here knows where it's going and all the rest of of that. But I also believe and know actually that when a child can't stay here, so say someone has a miscarriage or for some reason the baby just, like the, the life can't be sustained here, the the soul goes back home. Now, sometimes what will happen is the soul will stay there, but always stay connected to the parents. So when it would be the parents turn to cross over, however many years that would be, that child, the soul of that child will still be connected. So it's still your child. So you will still have that connection when you go over to the other side. Other times, on occasion, not all the time, But there are times where I've been doing readings for people and I've picked up on a miscarriage or maybe a stillborn child and said they couldn't stay here. But there's the soul is very, very strong. And I know instantly that child is going to come back Hmm. or, you know, if someone's had another baby since the miscarriage or since the lost child. I will say that soul tried again and got to come back. So sometimes that can happen that way. It's not all the time, though. There are many times I will pick up on the child still on the other side, you know, the soul on the other side and that soul will stay there. So I don't know the rules about that as such. I don't know why some come back and some stay there. Um, Other than we have free will in the spirit side as well. So it could just be that choice. Um, But whatever happens, the the soul is still always connected to the mother and father. So that that never gets broken. Wow. And um, when you think about the work you do and the nature of talking to people who've crossed over. I'm sure that you are faced with people in deep amounts of grief all of the time. Talk to us about how you think about grief. Grief is a very, very personal journey. And it's something that obviously I'm more aware of since I've been doing this work. And I've had personal grief as well. So I know how it can affect different people in different ways. You can come from the same family, like my sisters and I, when my mum passed away, we all dealt very differently with that death. We all grieved very differently. So it doesn't really, you know, it's a lonely journey. Even if you've got people around you, it is a very personal thing. And the more I worked with it and worked with families that have lost people every day, basically, is I work with that, 
um, I was more and more aware of the depths of grief. Now, I will say that when someone passes away, and even though they, they pass away, they go to the spirit side, they know where they are, they know as soon as we go over there, we know the whole situation. We know where we are. We know what it's all been about. We feel at home, but we still grieve on the other side too. Mm. So sometimes people think it's only grief on this side because it's very final. We don't know where that person is. We don't know if they've lived on. We might believe that they don't live on. It's very, very final. So there's that grief of never seeing them again. But the people on the other side, of course, they know they can see us and be with us, but they still grieve for their physical life. So you might have a father that passes away suddenly who grieves for the fact that he won't hug physically hug his children again or his wife or partner or, you know, enjoyed his life at that moment in time and feels it had been taken away. There still has to be that kind of emotional grief on the other side too so both worlds are really grieving at the same time very differently yes but that's not any different to the people that grieve here you know we all grieve in a very different way um either way the healing of mediumship which is what mediumship should be about is bringing healing to the people here through knowledge through evidence through understanding of what takes place but the healing also goes to the people on the other side too because you have taken care of their family member because you have evidence forward that their loved one is there and then in turn that makes them feel more at peace because they know their loved one has got the message so it's a really it's a really deep conversation a very vast conversation with many different kind of ways of looking at it but in a nutshell that's that is what it is it's about the healing aspect to grief wow and when you think about providing people with, you said, evidence, knowledge, like facts. Um, do you ever, do you feel like you've, I know that there are such thing as, you know, psychics working with detectives and things like that. Do you feel like, or can you share any stories of helping people like having solved family, big family questions or big relationship questions after um, working with you or anything that surprised yeah, you? Yeah, there's been a few occasions, you know, in times where I've maybe picked up that um, there was a child that was born into the family that no one knew about and then kind of discovered from there where the family link would be and what happened and where they can find the evidence. So there there are things like that that have happened. Um, there's also, like you said, psychics working with police and forensics departments and missing persons and all of that and it's used far more than what is ever publicized because they can't really publicize it because unfortunately psychic work isn't I mean it's much more positive now than it's been in years gone by but because of religious beliefs and certain belief systems as well the police don't openly talk about it that they've used psychics but psychics are contacted all the time and I have been contacted a few times about missing people um, and I you know it's a big responsibility I remember the first time I was contacted by a family fairly local family to me and their brother was missing and, you know, the, he had been abroad and not returned home and all the rest of it. And so we were kind of, they contacted me and said, you know, would you look into this? Could we come and see you? And I had said, well, yes, of course, I will do everything I can to help. But right away, I felt that he was in the spirit side. Mm. 
And then, of course, as the medium, you're faced with having to tell the family that you feel someone has passed away. So so in that moment, I was speaking to my guides and helpers about that and saying, well, you know, I don't know really what is the right thing to do here. So I sat with it for a couple of days and they were due to come in and see me the following day. And I'd kind of gathered information about what had happened to him. And I thought, I'm going to have to be honest. I'm going to have to tell them what I've picked up. Well, they contacted me the following day when they were due to come and said, we've just been informed that they found him and, you know, he has passed away. So in a way, I was not glad that it wasn't me that broke the news to them, because obviously I would do my work and have to do what they had asked me. But it is a massive thing. You know, it is a it is a thing. And I know that there was another family that contacted me and someone had gone missing whilst out canoeing. And I knew straight away that he had passed over, that he had drowned. And I thought, OK, I'm going to have to tell them this. And again, the same thing happened. The same thing happened where they contacted me and they were actually on the way to my studio. And they said, we've just been asked to turn around. They found the body. So on both of those occasions, I didn't actually have to go yeah. forward and tell them but there are other times where there's been someone missing or or even objects missing um and I've been able to help families out with that so it is a very real thing um remote viewing is where the psychic can tune into maybe last things that the person has seen or maybe an area where they still are and the psychic can link into that and kind of gauge um details that they can pass on to help someone I had um an interesting experience with a psychic I think the last time I saw well I did something that was a little bit she was psychic but it wasn't a tip true like mediumship um in 2021 but 2020 I met with um a psychic who's been on this podcast um she's great um she's a friend and she said, because you mentioned your guides, this kind of brought this up for me. I had a bunch of questions that I wanted to ask a couple people, but I, she's maybe more psychic, less medium. And so I didn't know how it was going to go. And she said, your guides don't want you to get the answers right now, but I can give you something about people in your family. And she did like a, some reading that had to do with my aunt Debbie that basically was like she's not well and then she had like a serious lung infection that she found within like a week and then something that had to do with my dad and my grandpa's perspective on my dad and I was like gosh darn it like I wanted some feedback here on what I'm going through and so is that typical or like because I would love to do a session with you like if I like is it based on your mediumship, if I wanted to call upon XYZ family member, would that be possible? Or do you have you run into that kind of like guide situation before? I can't say that I have. I mean, I think that some people come for like some people are interested in connecting with their guides and want to know who their guides are. And in that instance, I would always say to someone, that's something for you to do. It's a very personal thing. I can tell you things. I can tell you that I'm picking up that your guide is X, Y, and Z, but you don't have any evidence of that. There's nothing I can offer you as evidence yeah. because that's someone from the higher realms. So I would prefer someone, and I tell my students this all the time as well, that's something for you to work through. Your guides will make themselves known for you at a time where they feel they should be known to you. Just meditate and you know ask them to come around you. So that's a separate thing. 
But when you're communicating with loved ones, as a medium, I don't go through anyone's guides to contact their loved ones. I don't go through my guides to contact the loved ones. My guides and my spirit team are there to kind of influence me and help me grow and develop and maybe um, establish a better contact and that kind of thing. But when I'm working with your grandfather, let's say, it's your grandfather directly that's coming through. He's not coming through my guides or your guides. He's coming to me as the medium and I'm going to him as the medium. So it's, you know, if you were coming to me and it was certain family members that you wanted, my hope would be they, they would come in automatically anyway. But yeah. if they didn't, then I would look for them. And this is where there's a sticking point with this because mediums always should say, I can't guarantee any results, which yeah. I always do say. But I always say, I will always be honest. If I feel that I'm not getting a strong connection for whatever reason, that could be my energy, it could be the conditioning, it could be their energy that we're not quite blending properly. I would always be honest about that. But on the other side of that, I don't see why spirit wouldn't come. So yeah. my belief is if I'm opening up and I'm a medium, then why would they not come? Now, it might be that I connect with your grandfather very, very strongly and get you know great evidence and a great connection. And then you might say to me, can you connect with my aunt? And I go to find her or ask her to step in and it's connection, but it's not as strong. Then I would tell you that. I would say, I've got her and she's bringing this, this and this. She's not quite as strong as your grandfather is, though. But that's just the way the connection works. But strictly speaking, you should be able to speak with your loved ones through a medium, um, through a medium. And what about for you, like walking through life with this, like this gift, like what protect your own protective measures? Like, I mean, I can imagine it's like, you don't want to go to the grocery store and be tuned into things. So like, how do you protect your own energy so that you're not constantly, um, accessing things that may not be pertinent to you? Well, it's, almost like you have to switch your awareness on and off. So if I said to you as an example, if you were at home and you were watching TV, but your child was playing around with toys in the background, you would be concentrating on the television, you would hear everything that was on the television, but you would hear your child in the background somewhere. And then if you turned your attention to your child, then you would hear the TV in the background. That's kind of the way it works for me. So if I go somewhere, if I switch my awareness to the spirit side, I will hear them or feel them. But if I'm concentrating on where I am and what's happening this side of life, then that's where my focus would be. So it is it is almost like a dial that you could turn and go from one side to the other side. But strictly speaking, if I'm not working, then I'm not tuning into spirit and spirit know that they know that I need my downtime. They know that I need to get on with my daily life as well uh, and do everything that a human being should, being should be doing. So they don't really interrupt all that much. I have to say, I can't say all the time because there have been times where, you know, I've been sitting minding my own business and then all of a sudden I'm aware of a spirit person stepping in and it happened on a train journey one of the times it's happened a few times and I was traveling um, quite a distance away from home to do some work and there was a lady sitting at the opposite side of the table on the train and I immediately felt her husband come in and sit beside me and I thought oh, okay so I was saying to him in my mind 
I can't pass on any messages. I don't know this person. And unless someone asks you to read for them, it's not really the right thing to do yeah. because you don't know their belief system. You don't know how emotional they are or any of that. So I would never approach anyone. So I ended up, he was giving me lots of information. And I'd said to him, you know, if you want me to talk to her and she needs to hear from you, I need her to start the conversation. So about 10 minutes later, she said, um, you know, would you mind watching my bags? And we had a little conversation and she said, um, where are you going today? And I said, oh, I'm going to do some work down in London. And she said, what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm a medium. And right away she went, I love mediumship. I love mediums. I love everything to do with mediums. And I said, well, can I just ask you, is your name Margaret? And she said, Yes, it is. And I said, I have your husband here. He's been here the whole time, but I didn't, I couldn't approach you about it. So anyway, I gave her like this mini reading, I suppose, um, whilst we travelled. And it just turned out that she had just lost him six weeks previously and that she was up in Scotland tying up their business. And, you know, a few different things were said between the two of them. And when she got off the train, she said, I just can't believe it. It's been amazing because she didn't expect that. It was, you know, but he came in so strongly that I could not switch that off. I He was yeah. talking to me so strongly. So sometimes if it's really needed, then spirit will find a way. But usually they will allow me just to get on with my daily life. Wow. That's such a powerful story. Thanks for sharing that. I think Anyone listening who is grieving or has grieved can appreciate just that solace almost of, of hearing from the person that you miss so much. Um, and I guess when you think about people tuning into their loved ones or their own intuition, do you really believe that everyone has the ability to be psychic or do you think it's the actual mediumship is more of something you're born with? So the psychic side of things we all have. So when we come here from the spirit side, of course, we, when we are over in spirit, we are communicating by thought process. So because there's nothing physical there, there's no voice box, there's nothing. So we do mind to mind communication. So when we come here, we can still do that. And that's the part of us that we call our hunch, intuition, gut instinct, all of these things, sixth sense. That's our psychic side. Now, some people will be born with a very strong one where they can develop it and become a psychic and work in that realm. Other other people will just use it for their own guidance or their own feelings on things. And it's kind of to keep us safe. That's the part of us, the spirit in human form. That's the psychic side. So we all have that at varying levels. We all have that. And we can all develop that even stronger. Um, the mediumship side of things, I believe that you're born to be a medium. I believe that it's something that's within your lineage, it's within mm. your family somewhere. It's something that is just within your line um, and ancestry. And that doesn't mean, you know, everyone does it. Just like, like I said, my grandmother was very mediumistic, but she didn't use it. I used to, she used to read tea leaves and things like that for people. I remember you know, in her kitchen when I was like three or four watching her saying to someone, right, turn the cup three times and then she would lift the cup and she would read for them. So I remember, I have memories of that, but she didn't go out and use it in a professional way um, or a working way all the time. So there are people that have it that won't use it, but I do think it's something you're born with. And if you are listening to it, it really is a true calling. It's a, it's a vocation. And I, for one, I know that I could never want to do anything else. This is 
is like it's basically who I am it's my life so wow and you mentor people as well I do I mentor um, people who have that interest or have that knowledge about it or who want to build a foundation to start looking at their own development Um, I'm a big believer in you know having the knowledge, creating the foundation, not running too far ahead of things. I think in the the age we live in now where everything's on social media or everything's on online, you know, it's easy to kind of attend a course and have a certificate at the end of it and kind of say, well, I've done that course, that means I'm this. Whereas with mediumship and any spiritual development, whether it's something you want to use for others or just for yourself, it's something that takes time. It's something that no one can give you. It, you know, I can help you. I can help with skills. I can help development. I can help you get the best out of what you've got and enhance that in some way. But no one can give you that. That's something that that is within and comes from within. Wow. And one of the topics that I think is really important for our audience is mother's intuition, because we've kind of already mentioned that we're all intuitive. We're all born with this ability to be in, call it mind conversation uh, with other people. I know, and people, I'm sure a lot of listeners will get this, but you think about someone and then they call you or you think about something and then someone says the exact same thing to you or texts you. And um, it's just, I think, a reminder that we're all connected. Um, but one of the biggest connections is mother to baby. And we start, you know, that connection, you know, like I smelled, which is, you know, like a psychic sense, um, newborn smell before I tested positive. And I would have some dreams about my son before he was born. And um I sometimes he'll say things that I'm like, that's literally what I was just thinking. And um, we're really, really in tune there. And because of that connection, I really believe it helps us. Like moms know what the baby wants when the baby's crying or understanding that they might be sick. But like, I was always scared before I became a mom that I would miss something like that. I wouldn't intuitively be all in. So what would you say to moms that feel maybe a little bit out of touch? Like, I feel like a lot of us give our power away because of Instagram tips, <laughs> TikTok tips on how to do this or how to do that. And it's like, we all really do have it within us. So what would you mm-hmm. say to the mom that's really looking to to foster her intuitive, um, her mother's intuition? Yeah, I agree. You know that because there's so much on TikTok or Instagram, wherever it might be that you're seeing all these helpful things and they are done in a helpful way. They are done to kind of guide someone, guide a new mother maybe, and just, or add tips so that, you know, it's something I've not thought about and maybe we'll do it that way. But unfortunately, on the flip side of that, what happens then is that we do start to depend on those and, you know, say, oh, she done it that way, or that's the way that that should have been done. And the whole time that we do that, we are coming away from our own intuition. So like you said, mothers have got an amazing intuition and they're very connected soul to soul with their children. So there is definitely that sense of we don't need someone to tell us things. We just need to listen. We just have to go inwards and listen, even if it's something that's confusing us or maybe, you know, we are exhausted. The the new mother might be exhausted and just not being able to kind of feel to that level or maybe just at the end of the rope with something because 
you know, they haven't slept for six weeks. It could be anything that takes us away from that connection. But the biggest thing that I would say is just to really take five minutes. It doesn't have to be like an hour long meditation. Who's got time for an hour long meditation when you've got a new baby or even older children? So it doesn't need to be that long. Just take a few deep breaths, take a moment, just go inward rather than look for the outside to tell you. The minute you connect inward to your own soul, you will instantly know how to connect you will instantly know what the information is that's being brought forward our soul tells us everything we need to know and specifically even more so when it comes to our child so for a mother to a child there's nothing that you will not find within your own connection um sometimes it's good i think to kind of switch off from the outside world you know it's Definitely amazing in so many ways that we are so connected online and we are so connected to everyone else. But really, it takes our own connection away a lot of the time. Um, and so there's no mothers that would be listening to this that I would say don't have their own connection. It's just that you might feel that you don't know how to connect anymore or you've kind of lost that touch. So a few deep breaths you know, go into your own connection and ask, ask your people to step forward and help you. Ask your spirit team to come forward and help you regain that connection because that will always be done for you too. And what would you say to um, the moms that are going through loss right now, trying to conceive like any any kind of advice or hope um, or guidance? And maybe that is doing a session with you. I'm curious. Yeah, it's a difficult one because, you know, I've I've worked with lots of, of um, parents and mothers that have lost children or they have difficulty conceiving a child. I've worked with both. And I always start by saying, you know, I don't have the words to make things better. I don't have the words to make it OK, because it's never going to be OK an experience like that. It's a you know, it's a loss or it's a very hard thing to go through. So, you know, I don't pretend to be, you know, this wonderful person who's going to solve that. But what I will do is guide someone through what happens in that process. Like I said earlier about maybe the 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 soul of that child that's on the other side. Yes, I can connect in with that. Yes, I can even perhaps say, you know, what I feel went wrong or happened this side of things and whether I can pick up if that soul's coming back again I can also pick up on medical side of things as well where someone's having difficulty conceiving I could perhaps go into that medically and scan and see what I can pick up on that front too and bring a bit of hope um, but you always have to be I think when someone comes for that type of session you always have to be ready for that honesty as well yeah. Um, because I can't, you know, I can't make claims to promise that things can happen. I can only pick up what I pick up in that moment. However, in my experience, it does help. In my experience, you know, there's been times I, I had, and one sticks out in my mind, I had a, a, a mother, a, a woman that came to me, her daughter had lost a baby. And I picked up on it within her reading. And 
I said, you know, she's the doctors are telling her that she can't conceive or that she can't carry a child. And this woman said, yeah, that's correct. And I said, hmm, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm just not getting that. I just don't feel that. And I was wary. You know, you're, you're so aware. You can't give false hope to someone who's in that position. Yeah. I couldn't help it. The feeling was very strong. And I said, I'm just not understanding that. I see two children around your daughter. And she said, well, the doctors have pretty much said it's a no-go. It's not going to happen. And I picked up, I said, they're saying it's something in the uh, in the gland, in the head. I mean, I'm not medical. I didn't know the names of things. I said, it's something to do with something. And they said, yeah, that's correct. So anyway, I said, look, I can only say I see two children around your daughter. So tell her to keep the hope going, tell her to stay positive if she can. Well, she's got two children now. I see them all the time. And she went on and had two children. Now, that was amazing for her. And it was amazing for me because I felt as the medium, I had really helped that process and helped her understand. But there are going to be times where I pick up the opposite, you know. So if you're going to see a medium about that, you have to be prepared for the honesty of it. Mm -hmm. However, being a medium you know you're there to help and heal so I would always use my experience wisely oh my gosh wow that's so interesting to me because I'm actually I'm personally on a secondary infertility journey got pregnant first try with my son and now it's been almost two years and the doctors are all like you're fine you're good and so we'll have to connect on a session offline because I'm like okay Mm -hmm. so What's going on, Spirit Baby? What are you look what what do I need to do for you? Like I, I joke that our next baby is gonna be like a princess and we've we've redone our well water system, we've purified our air. Like she's like, all right, guys, like the house needs to be improved a little bit for me. Perfect. Um on, on all these days, yeah, it has to be just perfect. Um, but I, I would love to ask you about that more personally offline. But um the uh the journey to conceive is there anything else that because we've actually had um several moms talk about their stories on this podcast and then in our direct messages on Instagram just about um their challenges it do you see that often or is there anything more specific to like health or can it be energetic um yeah anything on the fertility front the only the only thing i would say is that if it's not happening, usually in my experience, it is more on the medical side. To me, I know that we can say everything happens for a reason. If it's meant to happen, it will happen. And I understand that philosophy because of what I do. So I do believe in timing. I do believe that, you know, things happen when they're supposed to. But I also believe that there has to be a vessel to make that happen. You know, the spirit world can't change certain things. If someone has a condition where, you know, they don't have, they can't release eggs or they don't have their ovaries or whatever. The spirit world can't change that. So regardless of what they want, it can't happen physically. Um, So they don't have control of that. So I would say that it's a bit of a mixture. If there's something physical going on, it's not like I feel that's the, the mother's responsibility or the father's responsibility either. If there's things you can change, then yes, by all means do it, you know, in a health way, in a healthy way. Um, but other than that, I, I do believe that if the if the possibility is there, if the if medical, if medically someone's fit to carry a child, a child will come. Mm. I don't there's a lot of um 
conversation about early miscarriage, for instance, you know, where uh, someone will fall pregnant and then they can't conceive it, they can't contain that pregnancy for maybe more than four or five or six weeks. And that is a very common thing that happens, as you know. Um, but sometimes I feel in that instance, it just wasn't the right time. That's when I would say maybe that's a timing thing, you know, and the baby will come back. Um, but it's a hard road. You know, it is a hard road for, for anyone to be on. Yeah. Thank you so much. I feel like just everything you've shared um, is really, really supportive for our audience. So thank you for that. And I guess one of my final questions is, do you believe that everyone should see um, a psychic medium? I believe it's a very personal thing as well. You know, I would I would say I think if you go to see a reputable a reputable medium, you will come away feeling so much better. I I fully believe that here you need to feel if that's the correct thing to do. So although I would recommend it, and I know that I can help people, um, you have to be ready for that too. And quickly yeah. going back to just add on about the the baby situation, um, for mothers that have lost children, I to have had miscarriages and I've also had an ectopic pregnancy and when I fell pregnant with that pregnancy I knew instantly within two days it was ectopic and I went to the doctor and they said no everything's fine and then uh, they said oh you I went back a week later I'd had a bleed and they said oh you're losing you know it's a miscarriage and I said it's not it's ectopic and they said no it's absolutely not they gave me an internal scan they'd done everything they needed to do and they kept saying to me no there's no baby there intuitively I knew this is ectopic and you're going to have to listen to me and they would not and three days later the tube ruptured I was rushed to hospital and oh. the, the had to take one of the fallopian tubes away and obviously the baby and the nurse who had scanned me she came looking for me the next day and she came up onto the ward and said I am so sorry I didn't listen and I said it's okay it's fine you you did what you could do on your side of things but as a mum I knew and so that intuition this is I guess why I'm telling you this is I've, I've had loss so this is why I talk to women about it but that intuition never fails so for anyone that's listening, you know, keep listening yeah. to your intuition. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I have full body chills because it's just such a hard, um, hard place to be in to and to experience that loss. And then also to have the intuition. Um, a friend of mine this year knew she um she tested positive for pregnancy. And I was like, congratulations. And she told me when she got the test and she goes, it's not in order. I just know it's not, it's not it's not it. And I said, well, you never know, you know, and she was like, no, it's not. And then she miscarried and um, that intuition really, I believe that. So um, thank you so much for sharing that. And um, my last question is just how can people find you? You're obviously in Scotland. So for the American mm -hmm. listeners, um, which is the majority of our audience, can they do remote sessions with you and how do they find you? We'll put it in the yeah, show. Notes. Sure. I like yeah. people to hear I it too. Yeah, I do. Um, I do sessions with people all over, you know, so the, I do them via Zoom, video call, phone call, whatever way is easiest for the person. So it doesn't really matter where you are in the world. I can definitely do that. So you can go to my website. It's KarenDoherty.com. 
Beautiful. I will put that in the show notes. And um, thank you so much for your time, for your wisdom. I have loved this conversation. It's been the fastest, fastest podcast um, from my perspective I've done in a long time. So thank you for all the wisdom and all that you're doing. Thank you so much for inviting me. I love doing it and I'm just glad to be of help where I can be. Thank you.